everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shelliard from Ad Advance, and today I'm joined by Mr. Sean Morgan. Sean, it's awesome to have you back on the podcast. Thanks. It's been a few months, I think. Yeah. yeah. So for people who didn't get introduced to you, maybe a really quick introduction. Like We've kind of gone through it before, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Sean Morgan, I'm on the programmatic side at Ad Advance, mostly focused on display, working with DSP. Um, been in a couple different agencies around the Duluth area, uh, mostly e-com, some healthcare stuff, but um, first first uh, foray into Amazon with, with AdAdvance a few years ago, and um, yeah, enjoying it. Yeah, and Sean is our resident soccer coach, <laughs> dealing yeah. with the sore hip from playing yesterday. Yeah, we're in a little <laughs> bit of pain, but we'll soldier through. <laughs> <laughs> so today what we want to talk about is... Um, Whenever anybody hears Amazon ads, people immediately think of sponsored ads and traditional retail media where you're showing sponsored ads when people do product searches. Um, but what a lot of people miss is the power of these first party data sources and how you can use them off of Amazon. And before we get into specific use cases, just trying to paint the picture here. Um, a couple years ago or a year ago, there was the iOS 14 update, major privacy update that Apple rolled out, and it essentially didn't allow cross-app tracking on iPhones. Um, there's been a lot of other updates, and Apple's been one more kind of at the forefront of this and pushing some of the changes. But um, in terms of like removal of the cookie, like the cookies being phased out. Um, so there's a lot of different privacy and tracking updates, which makes it harder for third party tr data, like aggregators to be able to utilize that in the advertising space. And so what's happening now is that a lot of the advertising spend is shifting to those who have first party data, meaning you had to log into their platforms. And Amazon is one of those big platforms. And so overall, when we look at this, like big picture, Amazon has a lot of audience data. And they also have this third-party distribution network, which a lot of people are not familiar with. And so what we wanted to talk about is kind of a cool use case where we're using this to advertise products that are not sold off Amazon. These are physical products. Um, and using Amazon's ad platform to advertise for them off of that and kind of the key things that we've had to work through on that like the struggles we've had tracking how you have to do that all that good stuff and so wanted to have sean on the podcast to kind of talk through all these different pieces and lay out a perspective on how we're looking at utilizing amazon advertising off of the platform so i don't know sean you kind of want to introduce us to the case and we can go from there yeah um so they predominantly sell completely off Amazon. I think they're in a number of brick and mortar stores as well. Um, but we're super interested in, in kind of opening up another avenue of advertising, having currently, you know, kind of focused all their efforts on Meta and, and, and Google. Um, and just like to your point that you made about, you know, tracking changing and, and privacy updates and, and kind of cookies going away and depreciating. Um, I still think that there's a lot of value in advertising on Meta and Google. Um, I think Amazon's data will become more and more v valuable, you know, moving forward. If not, it already has. But um, yeah, so they just wanted to dip their toes in, basically, kind of run some tests, see how see how things went as far as the targeting, and then hope to to expand from there. Um, 
but yeah, run into a few issues kind of off the bat and, and just, you know, with different creatives that have to be created for Amazon's DSP versus what folks are running on, on Meta and Google, slightly different as far as, you know, sizing and, and weighting and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, and then all the, all the tagging, tracking that goes along with it so that you can get data passed back to Amazon to build audiences that are going to be valuable to target moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And as we look at, you know, as the digital landscape is continually shifting, like Google is another one of those major first party data sources. I think like everything that I do on my Android phone is tied into Google's data sources um, and Facebook with their huge platform, you know, Facebook, Instagram, um, Meta, which is formerly Oculus. I've got my Oculus Quest for VR. Um, yeah, lots of different stuff there. So there's, there's a ton of great feeds, but it seems like the data overall is aggregating into some of these major first party sources and meta and Google are definitely a couple, one of those. Um, when we look at advertising for folks off of Amazon, a couple things that we've taken for granted just on the sponsored side is all the tracking that goes along with it. So we don't have to program in tracking codes after for the, like to say to track a conversion because it's already within Amazon's ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of getting audience data in, we also kind of take that for granted. You know, if somebody does a search on Amazon, we can target that. But now trying to find different folks on who to target like, you know, there's other layers of complexity there. So I don't know where, where should we start? Should we start on like the audience side and some of the benefits and the ways that you've looked at that? And then maybe we move to the tracking or how, how do you want to start? How do you want to frame it up? Yeah, we can start with the audience and then tracking. I think they're both, they both tie together. It'd be easy to segue between one and one and the other. Sure. Yeah. Um, start on the audience side. But yeah, I mean, audience side, like obviously you've alluded to, there's so much first party data out there that we can get really granular or go really broad with with targeting um depending on what we're trying to achieve um but like one of the biggest valuable most valuable pieces about you know non-endemic and using amazon's uh platform dsp to to advertise is that we can we can basically build audiences off of uh you know, web, whoever's been to your website, different pages, you can segment it out in, in multiple different ways. Um, so you can really kind of tell the whole story of your brand to, to new to brand customers that maybe haven't interacted or seen it before, but you know that there's interest there. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can get, you can keep it as broad as just, you know, putting a tag to, to track, you know, user movement across a website on just the page level. So I want to see how many people went to a home page, a landing page, a product page, so on and so forth. Um, and you can, you know, build pretty broad audiences off that. It's just people that are browsing. Sure. And then you can grow you can go even more granular, I guess, like step by step. You could tag specific buttons on the site. So you only want to build an audience off, you know, users that have that have clicked a button specifically, you know, it could be add to cart, it could be you know, completing a purchase again. Those are different different pieces that you can segment out. Um, you know, it could be viewing more information on on certain products, and you're then retargeting people with that exact product that they that they viewed sure. previously. Um, so multiple different ways to segment it out, but I think that's a piece that that is really valuable because you can you can show different creatives to people at different parts of their purchase journey 
dependent on whether or not they've already purchased. So, you know, you could you can basically start with like a brand ad and you know that someone's accessed the website but they haven't purchased. Yeah. And, you know, take them the whole way through, you know, depending on what they've viewed. So if they're only viewing, you know, say it's you know, men's shoes, mm-hmm. you you would only want to retarget them with men's shoes. Or, you know, you you can depending on how you've tagged the website, you could show them a specific shoe that they that they viewed you know in the last 30 days or 90 days or however long the look back that you want to to add to your audience when you build it yeah so it, it there's a lot of different possibilities i guess with with what you can what you can do and what you want to achieve it depends on your strategy but um but yeah super super valuable i guess with uh with the tracking piece it's probably you know folks that are advertising heavily on on google and 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 facebook should be pretty familiar with pixels and, yep. and <laughs> exactly um, it, yeah. it it's newer to us who and, and it's not newer to us but we take it for granted on the retail media side yeah. <laughs> where you don't have to do this most of the time yeah so then when you do have to do it it feels a little bit more painful <laughs> just because we don't have to do it every time <laughs> yeah but as you develop that formula and figure out the ways where you want to take the individual pages and kind of the flow as you go along like the nice thing is that it gets a lot easier over time yeah yeah definitely um but Amazon had a had a pixel um, that was recently depreciated. Switched everything over to what they call their they call their advertising tag, basically ad tag. Um, so there's it's basically just a snippet of code that you're that you place in the header of of a web page that you want to track where you want it to fire, um, and they have ten different conversion events like pre-selected that you can you can switch in and out. So if you just want to track page views, you're literally just changing you know two words within that snippet of code. Sure. Um, if you want to track off Amazon purchases, if you want to track you know specific product page views, like these are they're ten presets, but they also they're also somewhat customizable, um, just so you as the end user kind of know what you're tracking. Um, but I guess one of the pieces that, that folks might run into is when you want to get really, really granular with what information is passed back through the ad tag. Yeah. So whether that's a, a specific product purchase, um, a price point, you know, the, 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 total, the total amount of a specific sale, or say, you know, someone bought four different products on this website and you only want to track, you know, specific brand purchases from that website, you could, you know, segment out and use use the tag basically to to pass specific values back. Um, one of the one of the kind of nuances, I guess, is that it's much easier to build those out in Google's tag manager sure. than what it is on, on the Amazon side. Sure. Um, and that's one of the pieces that we've run into recently where we've kind of taken the approach that like it is a lot more i think the the, the tagging piece on google is a lot more robust um so you're basically just taking amazon's ad tag and importing it into google tag manager and then you can create any number of events and attributes that you want to track amazon's is kind of somewhat limited to just the 10 presets sure um you again you can get super granular with what you want to do in, in tag manager and how you want to tag things like it's basically open to any element that's on a website you can call from a data layer you know just basic c or basic php information like on the website itself like you can call specific attributes off and pass them back so um 
you know, those those pieces I think are are definitely valuable if you want to get really in the weeds. Yeah. Um, and depending on how much traffic you get, is it worthwhile? Like, you know, a, a website with with you know fifty fifty uh, sessions a day, it, it's probably not worth worthwhile to go that deep. But yeah. Um, you know, websites with a lot of traffic and, and you want to get specific on how you want to target people and retarget to people, um, it's definitely valuable to have more information than less. Yeah. So let's talk through some specific use cases and kind of how we would set this up. So one that we talked about was inputting an existing customer list in. So like a hashed list and creating an audience off of that. Yeah. Um, kind of walk through that process. What does that look like? What information do we need there? Yeah, um, I believe Hashlist is it's basically just a collection of email addresses and, and information from customers that have they've inputted on your website to basically check out with or subscribe to your newsletter or whatever it may be. Um, but I think there's five elements that are needed. It's first, last name, address, uh, email, and phone number. Um, you know, you take your sheet. I think Amazon requests a minimum of 20,000 records. Um, so that's your minimum. Sure hash the list through a tool within um, Amazon's DSP and then you upload the list basically Um, and what it does is that it matches your list from people that have you know inputted information on on your your e-com site to active Amazon accounts with the same email address Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can build audiences lookalikes off of that list um, based on whether or not those matched Amazon users have been active in the last six months. Sure. And I, I believe active is, is just a view or a purchase. It's not limited to just purchases. Um, so again, super valuable because these are people that you're, you're basically taking a hash list of your ideal customer because they've been there, they've purchased before, and you're saying to Amazon like, hey, these are, these are all the people that have been on my e-com site, give me people that look like this, that have the same attributes that are more likely to purchase from my brand. Sure. Um, and again, with the lookalikes, there's depending on, on, on what strategies you're using and what you want to achieve, there's five different, it goes from pretty broad to pretty similar, yeah. basically, and anything in between. Um, if you think of a Venn diagram, I think that's how it's presented in ADSP. So um, yeah, super, super valuable, because I mean, essentially, you're getting in front of people immediately you know and they're they're going to be the closest more or less the closest customers to people that have already purchased um so you're still going after new to brand because you can still you know basically exclude everybody with that email everybody who's previously purchased already yeah yeah, super super valuable and one thing that that's really valuable with this and it all comes down to the first party data itself is Yep, you can build lookalike audiences in other advertising platforms too, and they can be great. Um, the the key benefit with um, with doing it in Amazon is, all right, you input your hash list, and it tries to link up individual users. But the key difference is after that. So um, if they can link it up and they say, all right, Joe bought from this area, and okay, I can see that he's also interested in this. Here's all the interests he has. Here's a person who looks a lot like Joe. Um, the key value with Amazon is that they have all this awesome purchase history. (laughs) And so the indications on what people are interested in are so much stronger than say somebody like meta that's trying to take social browsing behavior and tie that to purchase intent. And I think that's the key thing. It's like, yep, 
lookalike audience exist in a lot of other platforms, but it's the power in being able to be so close to the purchase that you can get a much better picture on what people are truly interested in to find higher quality lookalikes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, again, depending on how granular you really want to go and how much traffic is, is actually coming to your e-com site, like you can, you can segment the hash list and then create lookalikes off that hash list that you've segmented for specific brands that you want to, to advertise to people, you know, within your site. Sure. Like say, you, you know, you sell a couple of different lines of products. I only want to use this hash list of, of people that have purchased from X brand and then create a lookalike just for purchaser, purchasers of, of X brand that, you know, you, there's multiple different ways to do it. Yeah. You could have a hash list of everybody on your website that's 60K strong, or you could segment that out where it's, you know, 20, 20, and 20, yep. or, you know, any which way you want. So, again, super, super valuable information. And I think from some of the ones that we've run, there's been really positive performance. So I'm hoping that it, it stays that way moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And so if we look at, like, all right, so for this example, they've already got retargeting set up from like Google or Meta. Yep. And so, you know, for retargeting itself, there's not a huge advantage using Amazon other, over the other competitors because, you know, if they visit the site, you're showing them ads off the site. So a key benefit is like maybe just more reach where you're getting the Amazon specific properties overall. Um, so how specifically are you using Amazon's DSP for this off Amazon seller? Like what area of focus on? It's focused more on like upper funnel, more like new to brand, right? Yeah, um, pretty much new to brand only. Um, it becomes a little bit tricky when you're working with, with obviously th three kind of different platforms. Three walled gardens. <laughs> yeah, you know, there is no clean solution to deduplicate or, you know, and kind of clean that data up when conversions come through. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely a piece that, that we've kept in mind and you try to mitigate as much as possible. Um, but yeah, mostly, mostly upper funnel, mostly going after, you know, new, new brand new customers basically is what we're trying to do. And sure. um, I think that I know there was a little bit of maybe a hesitation or, or a few questions around, um, you know, the, the amount of crossover targeting that might occur between you know, the three platforms, even though you're using Amazon's data, like obviously those customers are, they may still spill over into different buckets as far as advertising goes, like they're being targeted new to brand on Facebook without us really knowing whether or not we're targeting, targeting them new to brand on Amazon. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's maybe one nuance. I guess the other nuance too is that you want it to be truly new to brand. Yeah. You have to exclude past purchasers. Um, you know, we, we've kind of used a hash list and, you know, through tagging, being able to build an audience big enough where we can exclude past purchasers from the point that we set up the ad tag. Sure. So unfortunately, it's not like retroactive to, you know, any given timeline before, whether that's 180 days or 365 or anything like that. So you're really only excluding people from the point that you set up the ad tag moving forward, which I guess is where the hash list does come in pretty handy because you can take, you know, 60, 70, 80,000 strong hash list and exclude all of those people from advertising period. Yep. Um, so yeah, just trying to drill down, I guess, into like who is truly new to brand and what is the cost to get new to brand customers 
to the site to make a purchase and then from that point try and measure lifetime value yeah yeah and that's one of the challenges especially as these privacy updates continue to roll out is you end up with these different walled gardens of advertising so we've got amazon google meta um what one of the issues is for ad attribution so uh, say we set up a new to brand ad um, based off of a lookalike audience from a hash list, um, we get this person to come to the site, and now they start seeing retargeting ads from Meta and Google, and then they go and complete a purchase. The Amazon ad is going to show a conversion. Mm-hmm. The Meta ad is going to show a conversion, yeah. <laughs> and the Google ad is going to show a conversion. And so this is where you have to be really careful, too, when you're ta- talking about conversion metrics. It's making sure that we have these different advertising, these audiences segmented out as much as we can so there's not overlap. And so at least like from the Amazon side, we could look at this from a new-to-brand perspective and say, okay, these attributed ads, like we're not doing retargeting with Amazon because of this. Um, We could say, all right, these folks who came in, they're pretty much going to be all true new to brand. Um, The Google and the meta retargeting, they may be taking credit for some of those new to brand or maybe they help push those folks across the finish line too. Um, But it's just one piece that Sean's really worked on with this account is taking a step back and making sure that we're getting the best measurements that we can. And then with those measurements, we're making the right (laughs) right calls on like the true incrementality or the true impact of our ads versus just taking attributed ads from all three platforms at face value. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably the most uncomfortable piece of of using it with other other avenues. Um, I definitely think that it's 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 probably the best thing to have multiple touch points for your brand. So if you're advertising on Meta, Google, and on Amazon, I think that's ideal. To be honest, it just becomes tricky when you have to deduplicate conversions and everybody's trying to take credit for the same thing. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think again, super super valuable as far as like how you can how you can kind of segment out, build audiences, and not just use them to target, but use them to exclude. You know, you can you can really get granular with the types of, of customers that you're trying to go after, um, you know, and that's just that's just only using you know your own data from your own website. Sure. Like that's not to say that like we haven't built in any sort of in-market lifestyle um, targeting from Ama- from you know that's that's first party from Amazon mm-hmm. and excluded our own purchasers in the last 365 days or viewers of certain product pages or people that have landed on a on a page prior you know you can you can really get pretty deep with that stuff as well sure. and you'd like to think that with those exclusions depending on what way you've set it up like there's there's probably a pretty high likelihood that that the people in those in market and lifestyle buckets that you target whether or not you layer demographics as well they're probably new to brand. Sure. And ultimately, that's kind of the goal here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So just to go back and summarize, so even if you're not selling on Amazon, you can still tap into the first-party data and use Amazon advertising. And this is continually being more and more of a focus for Amazon, um, especially as like sponsored ads on their platform. They can't add too many more, and so now it's like. How else can we use this information to drive ad revenue? And one of the great ways is for folks who are not selling on Amazon 
um, to be able to tap into that. And with that adds complexity of adding these different tracking tags where you have to have multiple different like touch points where it's firing throughout. But if you set it up right, now you can build different audiences based off of each of those and then use those to either exclude or include into certain uh, different ad types. So those on like the meta and the Google side will definitely be familiar with this. Um, but one of the key benefits with the Amazon's platform is just the how close they are to the purchase data when you're building audiences. And so this can be a great add-on if you're using Google and Meta, um, or if you're not, this can be a great spot to start to. Um, like Sean said, saying some of the trackings, it's a little bit trickier, it's a little bit more in its infancy, but continually being built out, and so I'm sure it'll get better over time. Um, so there's definitely some uh, challenges there. But this is a great platform to kind of add into the mix overall. Um, if you are really spending a lot on digital ads, like I would consider the Amazon ads platform. Unfortunately, many people just hear Amazon ads and they don't yeah. think that it's an option. So before we wrap up, any other things to add or things people should know? Uh, I guess the only piece that, that I would highlight too, if you are thinking of doing this, is uh, like you want to give yourself enough lead time when you set up any tags because um, it is going to take some time to build audiences big enough for you to use. Amazon does have certain thresholds in place where, you know, as far as matching active users on the platform to any hash list or building lookalikes off that list or, you know, a certain amount of tag fires have to occur before you can build an active audience. Um, so you, you want to, you know, give yourself enough lead time into that to build those audiences to be able to use them in targeting down the line. Um, and I think I, I also mentioned that it wasn't, it wasn't retroactive to you know, any point prior. Like when, when you implement the tag, it's only gonna be tracking data from that point. Um, so definitely give yourself a, a little bit of time before, uh, before you, uh, you know, start setting up any orders or, or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so that, that's one final point. If you're thinking of potentially implementing this, setting up tracking early is great and you can just let it run in the background um, and start to gather that data. So then when you are ready to go, you've got those audiences already built on. Yep. So, well, Sean, awesome having you on the podcast. Um, and as we keep learning more and digging into this more, um, we'll be sharing key pieces on what we're learning on this side. So make sure that you're following our content, subscribe to the mailing list. You can go to advance.com or you can check us out on social platforms like LinkedIn. Um, Sean, thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. And for everybody who's listening, as always, really appreciate you joining this podcast. And we'll see you on the next episode of The Ad Project. Thank you.